folks. Welcome back to the Straightforward Farming Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Reed, alongside Nick McCormick, as always. Nick, what's new with you today? Oh, just uh, finished up the softball season with my daughter. Basketball starts, well, it started a week or two ago. So, first game's Thursday. Volleyball starts Tuesday. So, yeah. Is your boy, is he playing basketball too? Then? Yeah, but that hasn't started yet. So, so. So yeah, it's going to get real busy for you. Yeah, for yeah. Wintertime fun. Yep, these kids' sports keep you hopping. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. I'm fortunate that in that aspect, got one girl that plays volleyball, and that's it. So, got to admit, I'm lucky there. I enjoy it, but it's a lot of coming and going, and a lot of miles. And yeah, I do. Watch, I do enjoy watching kids that age play. It's yeah. it's always the dang practices and the tournament and friggin' yeah. Detroit, to, you know, <laughs> yeah, kids. No doubt. It's like you couldn't find something a little bit closer. Yeah. If you want to anger my wife, just say the world double header. Oh, if I you say yeah. the world the word double header. You'll you'll knock her off. Yeah, I'm just highly disappointed in the fact that the school that we went to has now probably decreased by 25 percent since we went there. But we had to build on all these new facilities. We were going to host all these tournaments. I mean, you would have thought this was Madison Square Garden. <laughs> I mean, this thing was going to pay for itself hand over fist from selling candy bars and shit at the concession stand because of all these big tournaments. Yeah. We don't ever have any tournaments here. We always got to travel three hours away. So, I don't know. If you're local, listen to this. Find out what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I hear you there. I hear you there. <clears throat> but I digress. It's, uh, it's farming season. The harvest is, is upon us. Hopefully everything goes smooth there and get the crop in and and uh, get to buy some of these nice pricey inputs for next year. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, and here we're a day or two into harvest and it's sitting here raining now, showering. I mean, it's nothing shouldn't be detrimental here, but no. I hope we don't get stuck in this pattern. I see there's a big storm down in the Caribbean pushing up towards Florida. As of now, looks like it's going to cross Florida. Out into the Atlantic. I always hate them. Yeah, always get nervous. Know. You get one of them big monsters and it pushes clear up. Because yeah. they'll, they'll push clear up here in Illinois sometimes. I mean, it's kind of a rare occasion. And, you know, you're not obviously not getting hurricane force winds. But it's one of them deals that will set in for two days and hell, you'll get two inches of rain. And, you know, it'll be 20 yeah. mile an hour winds and just nasty. And it yeah. sucks. But I'm not saying that's the case on this one. But Not what we need during harvest time. No. I'm still scarred from last fall's muddy mess. Yeah. And I'm going to do everything I can to put every ounce of fertilizer, anhydrous, everything on. So let me ask you this before we get into the anhydrous fertilizer fall input thing. Do you view a wet fall differently now than you did when you were a kid? I do, for sure. A wet fall as a kid, it's kind of like off-roading in a four-wheeler right? a tractor. Like, I'm not saying I'm the world's best pulling tractor driver by any means. But I do think there's some skills to be learned. By a wet fall on too small a tractor with too big a wagon. Yeah. <laughs> and having to get get your way out of that. Like, you get on an 806 that, you know, doesn't shift phenomenal, that the torque's probably out of in my world. Because once we fixed them, we sold them. So you're on an 806, the torque out, NA, no power, big wagons, muddy fall. Tires are shit. Tires are shit. Like, you got to get creative. Yeah. And your dad is going to be super pissed if you get stuck. Because, by God, he could have made it out of there. That's right. So, you find a way. You make it work. Like, muddy falls when I was a kid were a little bit of fun. Like, yeah. ah, 
spin a little mud here up on the fender, not not a big deal. Like it, it happens. You're you're going to do that in those situations. Yeah. You know? And for those of you that's never had the pleasure of using wagons in the field, which I haven't for a good twenty years anyway, been a long time. Yeah, but you know you got four or five hundred bushel packed on a wagon with nice big tall narrow tires and usually yeah. you get about one shot back and one yeah. shot forward before they're down to the before end. you're done yeah <laughs> and that's it you you're done yeah that's you're right done. once you're you done. get one of them moving you do not stop for nothing no. you pull out in front of cars you do whatever it takes yeah to get that tractor on pavement i remember we had a wet fall i don't know how many years ago it's been and i had traded grain carts much to my dad's uh objections and it, of course, as soon as I traded the damn thing, it started raining. And the tractor we had on was too small for the cart I traded for. It wasn't front wheel assist at the time. It's been several years ago. And of course, as soon as it starts raining, then I have to hear all these lectures. Yep, see, I told you, I had a small cart. We'd get through this, but you got this big cart. So I literally had to come blowing up. We were still using a lot of wagons then. And I had to come blowing up there, front end in the air, like slam the brake, kind of half cock it, turn it, because there was one spot you could park the wagons that was firm driveway area and that was it so you you blow off the first half of the cart so you could make the rest of the swing to load the wagons correctly and then send them on their way or whatever and then uh, it rained again then we bought a front wheel assist and never really looked back but uh yeah he's like i told you that car didn't balance as good as the other one I'm like it balances fine it's way bigger than the other one and um, yeah we're screwed but uh, yeah, we got through it. It was fine. It was in the long run. It was a great purchase, and it worked out just fine. Speaking of grain carts, you and I have had this conversation in the past. But you guys had that. It was a UFT conveyor cart, mm-hmm. right? Why did that never catch on? To me, that's a phenomenal idea. Um. Well, so UFT came out with that cart. So they had a hydraulic auger version of that one before that. Mm-hmm. And as what I'm saying is, look, just like a normal grain cart, but instead of an auger, it was a conveyor belt. It was a conveyor belt. But it folded back just like an auger. Yeah. I mean, it, the whole principle was the same, but it was just yes. a conveyor belt. It was a conveyor belt. And so you could put it on a four-wheel drive or whatever that didn't have a PTO or whatever. You know, great concept. So about the, not too long after they came out with that cart, that company sold out, um, which obviously didn't help the cause. But the short go of that was carts were getting bigger. That cart got passed up in size wise, and that the the we'll call it an auger, even though it was a conveyor belt, wasn't long enough. Ah, long term, as things grew, the nice part was like you could lower it down flat, you could raise it up like it was, and then you could spin spin it forward side to side, like yeah, it was well ahead of its time, but it wasn't big enough in the grand scheme of things. Like it, it missed its window. Yeah, and it's been. I mean, what's that been? 25 years. I mean, it's been a yeah, long, time, long ago. time ago. And so I forget now, did that have like an auger that dumped it onto the conveyor or how was, how did it get it out of the car onto the conveyor? I think there was another belt in there. Was there? I couldn't remember. It'd been forever since I, there's one not too far from us, but I'd have to go look at it to be honest with you. I yeah. think there's another, I think it was all was, belts. I couldn't remember if there was a tiny stub auger that dumped it on the conveyor. Yeah, I think it was then, a belt to a belt. Okay. I'll I be think. Dead. I'm pretty sure it was a belt to a belt. Yeah, so if you for the listeners to visualize this, it doesn't it didn't stick you know way up on a hellacious angle like an auger does now coming out of a no. cart. This thing laid down more flat and you could actually move it up and down you while you were loading down. or unloading yeah. front to back while you were unloading. I mean it worked great, but honestly, tractors then at that time probably didn't have enough hydraulics like today it'd be better than it was then. 
It didn't have enough hydraulics to run. It moved a fair amount of grain, and wet grain didn't slow it down as much as it would PTO one. But if you you know if you slugged it, you didn't have enough hydraulics, like you were screwed. Um, so there were some underlying factors there. It was a great idea. It's kind of like some other things we've seen in the farming world. If there had been a second version of it, if the company stayed in business and made a second version of it, it'd have been cat's meow. Yeah, that but, was uh, what five hundred bushel. wasn't a big cart. I mean, maybe six. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Yep, but I ain't seen one of them for 25 years, but yeah. the concept was neat. But yeah. yeah. I mean, the theory was like you could load your drill or something with it too if you you, know, you need to. You, could, oh, like, yeah. you could lay it down flat there and swing it back and forth like you could have put seed in it and kind of used it as a tender before tenders were popular and cool and everywhere. Um, but yeah, kind of good idea, wrong time. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that they didn't stick with it, you know, didn't help the cause any. So, so far, that's one tool that actually hasn't changed much. Of course, there ain't much to change on a no. grain. I mean, I guess now they're putting the right side augers on them. Yeah. But, yeah, other than that, that's, they they haven't found a way to screw them up yet. I guess no. we'll put it that way. I mean, you know, when we, first, we got our first grain cart, I wanted to buy a cart. And my dad wanted me to buy a wagon. I come home with a cart. And he was not happy about it. He wasn't, like, super mad, but. He, re- he really was angling for another wagon or nothing. Don't spend the money. And we got that. I'm like, eh, cart's as good as a second combine if you can run it there. It took me a long time to convince him of that. But after, you know, one fall, he's like, you know, we can get a lot more done with that unloading on the gun. I'm like, yeah, that's why I got it. Um, and that was a 770 Brent, which in real in reality held about 650. But uh, that was that was a gateway to, to carts for us. And uh, never looked back, and I wouldn't farm without one now. Like, yeah, I helped a neighbor. That's been a number of years ago now, but I told him, I'm like, can I go home and get my cart? He's like, oh, we don't need it. It was just me and him. He didn't have anybody else to help that day, which is why I was there. I'm like, but I'm telling you, we could do ten times more than what we're getting done if if you just run a cart. Like, this is miserable driving halfway across the field every time. You're using your combine as a grain cart. Yeah, you're just, a, you have a big combine, and it was in a you know half mile through field, and you could shell down, drive back, yeah, shell down, drive yeah. back. So you're running this thing all over the field using like, it as a grain. I'm cart. like, this is miserable. Like, let's go get the cart. Yeah, we didn't have that much to do, so we just got it done. But uh, it wasn't too long after that they got a cart, and, and the world changed. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do without my cart now. Wow. Now, and you're right. You will do as much with one eight row combine unloading on the go as you would with two eight rows stopping on the end of dump. Yes, absolutely. I'll guarantee I will guarantee you that. Absolutely. Especially if you're in really good corn on half mile throughs or whatever. You spend all your time driving. You know, a lot of your old combines only showed you engine hours. But as combines got newer and they showed you separator versus engine hours, you you know, you see one that's got two thousand engine hours and a thousand separator hours. That's a guy that drove around a lot. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that, if that gap's really wide, it's because they're jackassing around, driving around, driving the combine around when they should have a green card underneath it. If the combine ain't moving, nobody's making money. Yeah, I've always looked at it. That's the most expensive piece we can run as corn and soybean farmers as yeah. a combine. Hands down, the yeah. most expensive thing. Absolutely. And so I want to keep as many hours off of that thing as mm-hmm. I can and make it as efficient as I can mm-hmm. and not be run up and down the field with it. Yeah. Because essentially... Like I said, you're using it as your grain cart. Otherwise, yeah, you're just picking to its full, and you're just driving it all over hell to get to a yeah. truck. What good does that do you? Yeah. And if you're gonna 
buy a grain cart and park it on the end of the field and dump in it. You just won't buy me another truck because now it's a pain in the ass. I yeah. pull in with a truck and I got to get out of my truck, yeah. go get in the tractor, load my truck, get back out and get back in the truck. Yeah. So just park me another truck there and I'll just slip seat. I'll just jump yeah. out of one truck, jump in the other. <laughs> jump in the other one and go. Yeah. yeah. So a grain cart on the end of the field does me zero good either. I remember this has been back when I was a little kid. Now I'm talking, I was younger than, than your son at the time. And it was muddy. We we still had a 715, so this is way back. So we were unloading on the go because we were trying to keep all the weight off the combine because it's just, it's mud. And we had like one wagon hooked to like a 400, one wagon hooked to like a 560, one wagon hooked to an 806 or whatever. I've never unloaded on, one wagon hooked to a pickup truck. Like, you know, dad's wanting us to unload on the go. Well, I'd never unloaded on the go yeah. <laughs> before. Of course, the, I don't think that combine wasn't even hydro, I don't think. Right. You know, so you're like, you got to be right because they can't speed up and slow down. Yeah. You know, you're you're kind of stuck, you know, for lack of a better term. You're trying not to get stuck. But, uh, yeah, that was that was uh, unloading on the go one-on-one with Ferd. Don't screw this up. Yeah. <laughs> get <underneath> the auger. <laughs> catch some grain. Okay. Yeah. I think we caught, like, every wagon, like, partially full, and then he'd top it off you know, stationary, but, uh, yeah, that was baptism by fire on that deal, but we still got a ton more done that day than, than we would have, if we were just been driving over there all the time. It's a wonder if them old combines would even actually unload on the go mm-hmm. just from the sheer standpoint of horsepower. And, you know, them was always made to do like anything else. You get the end, you slow it down, engage yeah. it, and then speed it up, you know, cause it's all belts and shit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they just weren't made to throw in gear wide open. My furious when one started unloading on the go with the car. He's like, you're going to tear that combine all to pieces. I'm like, it's fine. You know, back then he still had the handle, so you could kind of pull it in gracefully. He's like, you know, back back in the day, you idled it up. Yep. Pulled the auger in. You revved it up a little bit, not a lot. Dad never unloaded a wide open, you know, auger it off and go on. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if you know much about torque, but RPMs are in your favor. Like, rivet wide open. It's easier on it. I don't think so. Nah, it takes the stress off. It's fine. <laughs> They're made for that. It's fine. Boy, these new ones, I mean, they just hammer in, just bang. I mean, there's yeah. no easing. It's on or off. Yeah. I did see, um, I can't think of who it was. Maybe it was Mike Mitchell or somebody I was watching on YouTube got the new uh, X9 Deer. And I would absolutely hate this feature. So on it, when you shut the unloading auger off, it runs an extra five seconds or whatever to clean the auger out. You're like, I know Lancota and them make them attachments you can put on there now to shut your grain tank off, and then you can clean your unloading auger out. And then factory from case, but go ahead. Yeah, but nonetheless, <laughs> this deer there's there's like no no anytime you shut the unloading auger off you hit the button it's still going to run an extra five seconds to clean the auger out and it's like man i would have grain spilled fucking everywhere Everywhere. if that was mine yeah i would not like that feature at all where it just automatically stays on you know i want to be able to shut it off regardless mine's not this way but in the newer cases you can you flip it off and it is that right you you shut the hopper augers off yeah to clean clean, yeah clean the unloading auger out yeah but you're controlling it yeah yep yeah, I wouldn't like that feature at all as no. far as where it just stays on. Yeah. It's amazing how how big carts have got and how fast they unload and, and all that. And people are like, oh, you don't need it to unload that fast. Eh, if you want to keep it moving, you, you don't have time to be sitting over there. Yeah. Very often. I'd have to look R760. I think it's around four to four and a half bushels a second, roughly. I, I don't know. If it's yeah. close to that. But, yeah, like, you know, we're in 250 bushel corner and a half mile throughs. If you turn on the end and you got a big load on that combine, you're most of that half mile 
Yeah. Getting it unloaded getting because it you got so much corn coming in while you're unloading. While you're unloading. It. It. Yeah. And that's with an eight row head. I mean, I can't imagine with a twelve row or a sixty. I mean Back in the day when my brother was testing combines for case, like they were dabbling with some twelve row stuff back then or whatever on a twenty three eighty eight or a twenty three sixty six or whatever. Well, twelve row with those, I mean the corn's coming in as fast as it will unload it because they yeah. didn't unload that fast. So you're the whole way. I yeah, mean, just it basically takes a quarter of a mile to unload a hopper. Well, the 12 road's coming in pretty fast. Like, you're, it, the auger's on the whole day. Yeah. You know? I'd believe it. I mean, even on my six row, like, it, it's on a fair amount of the day. Like, you're, if you're in half mile throughs, you're going to dump twice going one way so you can make it back the other way. Yeah. So you can bust through and make a land to where you're on the outside. I would like to try that today. <clears throat> you know, like, John Deere's made a 12 row head for, I mean, shit, clear back in the 80s. You could get an 8820 with a 12 row head. Yeah. I mean, nobody around here had them, but yeah. you could. I mean, they've made them that long. But could you imagine putting a 12 row on an 8820 today? You know, back then it was 120 bushel corn for yeah. a good crop. Could you imagine putting a 12 row on an 8820 and pulling a 250 bushel corn that's 22 or 3 percent? I mean, <laughs> it, you're, you're gonna be going pretty slow. You better drive a stake in the ground so you can see the combine yeah. move. Yeah. Yep. And once again, it's gonna take forever to unload that bad boy. Which I know when Case was test testing the CBX or whatever, which was a whole other subject, but. I think they had a couple versions. One, I believe, had an auger on both sides, and one had an auger in the middle, so they could spin it clear around. Yeah. So you could dump off either side. Yeah. Both great, but you and I both know if there was an auger on both sides, some jackass farmer would tear the one up. Oh, yeah. It'd be wore out. We'll just use the other one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yep. And then, well, yeah, they're both wore out. Oh, we'll trade to combine. Yep. <laughs> so now it's got two wore out augers. We never fixed either one of them. Yep. That's how that would go. But. I know a lot of people get wound up on that. I'm not dead set on having to unload off either side. I mean, I could see where it'd be handy, but I guess it's one of them deals I'm so accustomed to it being on the left side that... Yeah, I, you I know, look to the left like... Same here. It, it doesn't tear me up. Honestly, being in the center where you could spin it clear around would probably be the better way. Yeah, but, truthfully, it would. But yeah. whatever, it don't, it don't matter. And that's like the right side grain cart now, which to me, they should have been on that side forever anyway, because I always like shit on the side that my controls are on, you know? Yeah. But, you know, people talk about, oh, you're going to get into the combine auger and this and that. And, you know, because some people lower their grain cart auger. We don't. We always we leave ours Once out. Once the auger's up, it's up. That's how we are. Yeah. But, I don't know, a lot of people always talk about, oh, that's a lot of stress in them hinges. But they go over center so far, it shouldn't be that. It shouldn't I mean, unless you're no. driving like a fucking maniac yeah. and bouncing through washouts. I mean, or put it this way, we've ran ours for. And every time you break it over, you lose grain. Yeah. You know. We've ran ours for, I'm going to say, 12 years now whatever it's been and we've not had one single hinge yeah. problem i mean that that's the least of my concerns when it comes to harvest time yeah my rule is if the combine's auger's out the cart better has better be underneath yep. it and once the auger's up on the cart the auger's up on the cart but i always pull the combine one back in yeah i don't i don't leave the combine auger out now <clears throat> there's times it seems like in good corn like this all you're doing is swinging it in and out but yeah. i still don't leave it out but, but my thing is i'm like it's not like the old times where you got to get out and kick it in like if you can't push the button like yeah. how lazy are you like, yeah and it's not like great you're not breaking it open and losing great you yeah. know it's just click it folds back like that's fine exactly yeah, like i said i use it to signal the green cart deal but that's partially because my brother is 100 percent anti we're not using radios like really oh, oh i oh, couldn't you, go without him oh you want to piss him off get him on the radio really I mean, he didn't, he's not looking for people to bark orders on the radio. Uh -huh. <laughs> that's partially because in my childhood we had FM radios. Yeah. I enjoyed them. 
I liked them. My brother did not. And dad would hand out instructions pretty regular on them in a firm tone. And uh, to the point that eventually my brother would click her off. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't he didn't like the radio. We're, we're going to use hand signals and just we know that. And he and I have a pretty good rhythm. We've always been in tune on that. We've farmed with each other since we were, yeah. you know, since I was old enough to walk. So yeah. he knows if, if my auger's out, his ass needs to be underneath it. Yep. And and that's where it is, and, and we're good on that. We really don't need radios as far as that goes. Um, but, yeah, we, we broke a set out. That's been a year or two ago now, and that didn't last long <laughs> for a variety of reasons, but it didn't last long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not big on the hand signals. I got to communicate on the radio, which I don't talk on the radio just to be talking, you know, but it. Hey, my brother never make it as a truck driver. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. No, no, he's not. He's not letting you in where the huggy bear's at. Like yeah, no, he, yep. the the squelch is, yeah, he he's done. <laughs> I I do like the the intermittent period there before we had radios, but cell phones were popular. Where you had to call the guy in the great yeah. car. Hey, could you slow it down a mile? <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? exactly. It's like come on. I mean, this is the most useless fucking way to communicate <laughs> I've ever seen in my They're life. They're reaching for their phone. They're exactly. driving off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you're a big Nextel guy, so you could push the talk for a little Back bit. Back then, we could. Yep, yeah, you could push right. the talk for a minute. Yep. But yeah. I'm the type, you know, if I'm running four and a half, that's where I want the cart, I'll move the combine. Yeah. Don't be, you know, you can't see nothing in that cart. Yeah. I'll load the cart. You just drive that speed. You just drive. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I tell you, I hate to keep beating this dead horse, but grain handling in general is a unique concept unique idea and you know combines have gotten way bigger carts have got way bigger but in our area elevators really haven't changed no and and i get it if you're the independent guy that's literally a one horse elevator that was built years ago you know you're maybe going to be retired in a few years i understand you're not going to dump three million dollars in it but I the get big, that, but but it, big co-ops that are buying new yeah. elevators and revamping them with junk. It's like, what are you doing? If you can't dump a truck every three minutes, yeah. You know, in my mind, if you're building an elevator or you're expanding an elevator, redoing it, like I got to think twenty to thirty thousand bushel an hour is your goal. Oh, I, easy, yeah. Today, this day and age, absolutely. And like some of the ones we've got around here, like one guy with a Lexion could bury him. And we're talking elevators that are brand new built, brand new, yeah, recent, recent purchases, recent redos. Etc. I'm like, you know, for rough numbers, we'll just say an average Lexion can do an easy 6,000 bushel an hour. They can't dump that. Right. You know, and when I was a kid, elevators stayed open until 9, 10 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Now they close at 5 or 6. Yep. So they can catch up, allegedly. When the hell are you going to get any harvest done if you got to quit at 5 o'clock every day? Like, yeah. So your bean cutting window is from 1 to 5? That doesn't work. Yeah. They're forcing you to build bins. And then if you build bins, well, you're skipping them. Like, yeah. might as well cut the middleman out. Right. We'll sell it direct to ADM. You know? There's a few of these elevators, like I say, that are fresh rebuilds, purchases, fresh add-ons. I mean, spent millions of dollars to do this that are so yeah. inefficient, yeah. just like you said. But these and these places would have been better off instead of building this big leg that's moving 600 bushel an hour yeah. into, this, into this 200,000 bushel bin. You'd have been better off to next all that. Port a pad of concrete 
and just said, back out there with your hopper, crank them open, drive forward, we'll shove it in a pile with a payloader. You yeah, know, it'd have been exactly. way quicker. It'd have been faster. Yeah. You know, so a buddy of mine built a new elevator, we'll call it 15 years ago. But they looked at it from the farmer standpoint and a trucker standpoint, not from an elevator standpoint. So I haven't been there. I've seen pictures of it, and I've talked to him about it several times. Super efficient near as I can tell. There's four scales, which, in my opinion, if your elevator doesn't have four scales, you're not getting much done. Inbound grain should never be in the way of outbound grain. Those trucks should never cross paths. They're the hell out of their, you know, mm-hmm. that's the way it should be set up. You want four scales minimum. So none of that shit crosses streams. It's like Ghostbusters. Crosses streams, streams, that's a bad deal. But nobody looks at it like that around here. And I, I haven't been to, there used to be an elevator. Well, it's still there around Champaign. It was called the Andersons. It's been sold out here recently. But from what I remember, and this has been 20 years since I've been there. But I'm like, there was pits out in the open. They weren't covered, this, that, and the other. You pulled onto those, you dumped, rolled everything wide open, you dumped it. It was good. If, it piled up a little bit and couldn't take it fast enough. And there was corn. That's fine. We'll sweep it up at the end of the day. You don't have to sweep that up between every load. Yeah. Like it's fine. Right. We'll get that at the end of the day. Um, there's absolutely no reason in this day and age that you can't open both hoppers wide open as fast as it will fall out of the truck and drive off. I agree. That's the way it should be set up. If you, if, it, if you can't do that, close the son of a bitch, rebuild it and don't open again until you can. Yeah. I mean, no, there, I, there, I there is no reason for that. Yeah. I mean, combines ain't getting smaller. Trucks getting ain't getting smaller. smaller. Most of the it, elevators around here really haven't increased their capacity that they can take since we had a 715. I agree. I mean, there they, there is no reason for that. The, the stupid part 2, is bushel minimum. Yeah, and the stupid part is they spent all this money building more bins mm-hmm. when you should have been upgrading your leg or the yeah. pit or whatever. You know, the yeah. the storage wasn't necessarily the problem because you're still piling on the ground yeah. anyway. And if you have to load your outbound grain over top of the pit for your inbound grain. That might be the dumbest concept I've ever thought of. Like, I can't think of anything any, any stupider than that other than maybe some shit that Brandon has done. Like, that is mind-boggling to me that you would that you would load out over top of your pit. That's asinine. That yeah. You wouldn't even consider that. Yeah. We, no farmer would do that. We haul into one elevator, which it ain't much of an elevator anymore. Got two pits, one for corn and one for beans. Great idea. But they put the bean pit right in front of the corn pit. Yeah. So if you got a corn truck dumping, I still can't get there because exactly. he's blocking my bean pit. Exactly. Makes no it's sense. It's like, who in the fuck thought this up? I mean, yeah. it just stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, If I can dump corn faster at my farm with a 10-inch auger than you can with your elevator, you need to call somebody. Yeah. I have no reason to come to your elevator now. It's just yeah. making me any fish. I'll just take it exactly. home. Exactly. I'm like, like, nothing infuriates me more than waiting. Like today, yesterday. We're a day or two into harvest, not very many people are running, and we're already backed up. Yeah. That is a stupid problem to have. Like, there's no reason for long lines. There's no reason when not many people are running, you should be able to turn and burn. Like, there's no reason. And I'm not going to mention any names, but I've seen places around here that literally their company trucks will haul grain from the field into the elevator, dump it. And then go right around and, and load, load and and drive to a bigger terminal. And it's like, what are you do? Are you serious? Yeah. So now you've tied the scale up both ways in and yes. out, and then went and loaded, and then tied them up again in and out. Yeah. And it, I just, I, I can't wrap my head around it. Uh, near as I can tell, there is so much money in having a grain elevator 
that you can't hardly run up piss poor enough to uh, to lose money. I would agree. <laughs> from what uh, I see, uh, from what I see, I mean, I'm not intricately involved in it, but from what I see, like you can make a lot of stupid moves and still make money, which makes no sense to me. In my mind, like you're in the business of bushels in, bushels out, right? To me. So if that's your goal, you want to set it up to where you can take as many bushels in as you can get and bushels out. Like at some point in time, I'll take a few cents less if I, if I don't have to wait. Yeah, I'm the same way. You know, I, waiting costs me money. It costs me time and I'm not getting any younger. I want to get the shit done. That's right. You know, if the combine's moving, I want to keep it moving. I don't want to be sitting there, sitting at the end of the field, having a snack, talking to a little Debbie, waiting on the truck driver to get back because he should have been back 45 minutes ago, but we're stuck on some damn grain line because we got a 600 bushel an hour leg. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you can't get any more acres of corn and soybeans in the area than what we currently have. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is fence row to fence row. That is literally all you see. If you are not in the center of a town, yeah. it is corn and soybeans as far as you can see. Yeah. So, you know, these companies always want to talk about, oh, you know, we were so foresighted that we done this and you know we seen this coming we done that well you didn't see nothing on the elevator side no. because you spent three million dollars for a new leg a new pit and a bin and it takes yeah. fucking 15 minutes to dump a semi in it that the most just, efficient elevator in our in our local area was built in 62 mm-hmm. one guy can run the whole thing one guy can run the whole thing doesn't need an ipad nope. doesn't need a satellite link nope you Dang. literally pull on the scale the, the pit sits right behind the scale and if actually if you if you got a dump trailer and do it right, you don't even have to move. You can get yeah. all, everything on the scale and dump it into the pit and never yeah. have to move your truck. And you're gone. The scale house it's is fast. The pit's big and the, and the leg is fast. Yep. And the scale house is three feet from your truck. So mm-hmm. he cracks your gate open while he's got your weight and all that, takes a sample. I mean, yeah. it's slick as fuck. Bing, bang, boom, done. Yep. And yeah. it was built in 62. Yeah. 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 By somebody that didn't ask somebody with a degree. Yeah. What's the most efficient way to move this corn over here? No, they just said, hey, we're going to move a shitload of corn, and this is how we're going to do it. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's infuriating. Like, some of the elevators around here don't have, their pit doesn't hold any more than my drive-over pit. Yeah. On the end of my auger. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, I'm like, I, yeah. I'm like, this makes no sense. And my deal moves it faster. We, I, we go to one that literally has no pit. It's a cross auger that you dump into that just cross augers it straight mm. into the leg, which is the same way. It literally takes 20 minutes to dump one of our tandem yes. trucks. Yeah. Uh, that, and that's why we built so much storage. It's like we can't yeah. get nothing done sitting here. Yeah. And so the vast majority of our grain goes home and goes in a bin. Yeah. In and out. Boom, you're done. Yeah. And, I mean, there's there's times around here that the just the local elevators can get two-hour lines. Mm-hmm. Easy. Mm-hmm. Because of their antiquated equipment. Which I mean, is a stupid problem to have. Yeah. If your goal is to get bushels in and bushels out, that that's a stupid problem to have. Yeah. I agree. You know, it doesn't do you any good to buy a 12-row corn head if you're waiting on all that. Yeah. You know. You just well have a six-row that can keep moving as late. I mean, there's nothing more but even infuriating. That, even than, that backs them up. I mean, I got a six-row. Oh, yeah. I, I got backed up twice in the last two days. Yep. You know, and they're making some changes and so on. And they were having some growing pains. I get all that. And I'm not, I'm not singling them out. I'm just saying in general, if you're sizing that shit, have some foresight. It's kind of like building a machine shed. Well, I could build one 14 foot tall and I could get most of my shit in, but can I get all my shit in? Yeah. No. Make it 18 foot tall. Well, I don't have to flip whopper hoppers down. I don't have to do any of this shit. I can just drive in. 
you know. I could dig a hole in the front of a 14-foot shed and get the shit in, and I have to dig another hole to get it back out. Well, That's I remember a problem to have. when some of that shit changed hands, this one elevator had literally built a, it was a great big bin. I don't know if it's 200,000 bushel or whatever. It was big. And whoever the millwright was talked him into this, and I can't believe they went, even went along with it, that they set an auger up, and then it had a roof auger on the yeah. bin. You remember that? And I'm like, yes. if I'm paying this kind of that money. That was the fastest setup they ever had. And I just. That, that was faster than what they have today on that bin. I God. I, mind-boggling. Whoever signed off and said, you know what, that, that sounds like a pretty good idea. It's sitting right by our leg. We're not going to plumb the leg into it. Let's put a roof auger on it and set up a 13-inch auger or whatever yeah. it was. I don't have 10-inch, whatever. 13, I think. Yeah, that was the fastest setup they had. Yeah. Jesus. I, I don't understand it. I don't care if you got to dig your pit 20 foot deep. It don't no, matter. Build the bit underground so I can yeah. just drive over the top and dump it in the top, and you can figure out how to get it out with your 8-inch auger later. Dig a big-ass hole. Yeah. Whatever you got to do. And everybody acts like, well, big, digging a big pit doesn't do you any good. Well, it does some good. Any pit under 1,200 bushel, in my opinion, is a waste of time. I, I agree. You ought to be able to fit a whole hopper bottom in there. No questions asked. Because there's a little bit of time for one guy gets off, the next guy gets on, where that slow-ass conveyor, auger, whatever shit box setup you've got has a little time to catch up. But at least have it set up to where you can dump both hoppers at once, full bore, and go on. At least one guy's happy for the day. Yeah, the right, first guy. Right. I, I don't understand. What what pisses me off about it is, is you go to a, a good-sized farmer setup, and he can take grain at, at X rate. And then you go to the elevator, and it, it's X minus 50%. You're trying to buy from 100 guys, and you can take grain slower than the one farmer who built his own setup with his own money that's not buying any grain, that's just trying to keep his shit moving. Uh, it makes no sense to me. Yeah, and and they're similar setup as far as sizes. Yeah. You know, they can each hold 500,000 bushel, yeah, whatever. Whatever it is, million bushel, whatever it is. But, yeah, yeah, you can definitely tell the guy who is thinking of efficiency because yeah. it's my money on the line, let's keep it moving, versus yeah. the guy in the office that says, well, you know, this pit here was, yeah, we'll, we'll, you know. They'll just wait. We'll get the grain eventually. Yeah. yeah. Great plan. Like mm-hmm. you say, they think they will until everybody's like, well, I'm tired of setting in line, so I'm just going to build my own bin. And guess yeah. what? Now you don't get any of it because I'm just going to take it direct. Remember, yeah. it's been probably, sadly, it's probably been 20 years ago now, but there was a big marketing campaign for a while. Country elevators, use them or lose them. Well, how about they make an upgrade? Yeah. How about they buy some new shit once in a while? You know, farmers were buying combines. They're buying, buying semis, auger carts, et cetera. You know, like not everybody's pulling in a little giant with a 5,000 Ford anymore. You know, we're, we're trying to get some shit done. You know, and have a way to get rid of it. That, that makes no sense to me. Yeah. And truthfully, which it's hard to do nowadays because the railroads are gone, but a good elevator is on the railroad. I mean, one of the bigger ones that we haul into, and then there's none of this jack roll. Oh, we're sitting here full. You know, they're getting 100 drain cars and of a night, you know, they're loading out four or 500,000 bushels yeah. or whatever it is. I mean, a bunch. And the bitch with the train thing is, and I get it, like, okay, you order a train. Well, it might be here today, might be here. 35 days from now so you have to keep enough grain on hand to to fill it i get that and the the biggest problem with most of those elevators that are on the rail is they don't have enough land yeah because they're in the middle of town because that's where the rail went through and town built up around them and they didn't get anything else bought because they didn't need it at the time well now they need it to expand this that and the other well now they're boxed in but they can't move because they're on the rail and they can't get anything else on the rail bought outside of town and it 
it always ends up being a cluster. But yeah, the railroad's got so independent of all that shit that you got to have a rail spur where you can swing a hundred cars around on your own ground, mm-hmm. and they don't have the room for it. You know. Yep. I know the big ones that we go to with rail boy. They don't mess around. Big pits, big legs, and I don't know that I've ever had them turn you down because they're full. I mean, they always yeah. seem to roll shit right in and right out. So yeah. We're in a good area for a lot of reasons. Grain handling is not necessarily one of them. No, it's you know, like not. You, if you get outside of this area, the grain handling capacity goes up tremendously. And the funny part is, like when you go north, you know, let's just say an hour north, huge elevators in and out. Mm. But it's also flipped on the co-ops. They come down here and see all this equipment and nice yeah. shit that our co-ops got. They're like, holy shit. Yeah. You know, they're like, ours has one interrogator and a fucking yeah. spray coop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah, you're exactly right about that. Like, their elevator's like a buddy of mine, about an hour hour and a half north of here. It's got a pretty kick-ass grain setup, or at least it was when it was built. He's like, I don't even use it. Like, And and from his front steps, like, you can see a Mongo elevator. He's like, they can take anything I can want to drag in there in record time. He's like, why would I want to clean my own bins out when I can dump it over there super fast, et cetera, et cetera. But by the same token, like you say, he comes down here and sees, you know, our local co-ops with, you know, seven high-clear machines. He's like, are they just working on those there? Why do they have seven of them? Like, every branch has seven of them. He's like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like you said, our branch has got a interrogator and a spray coop and a pickup truck and uh, a nurse trank that, you know, they pull around with a four-wheeler. Yeah. And uh, that's what we got. I'm like, well, so we're blessed in one regard, a little behind times on the other. It'll all come together at some point, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. And, I mean, man, there has been a bunch of storage built around here mm-hmm. since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, lots of on-farm storage. Yeah. I mean, even the elevators up their storage capacity, they just can't unload it anymore. Yeah, they just can't they take it any, any faster than they used to be able to. We've talked about in the past, too, the little bitty farmer elevators that like are at people's houses that were elevators mm-hmm. when you and I were kids, or maybe they'd close by them, but in the elevator or in the seventies, they were prime elevators. Yeah. And now they're just closed for personal use. It's like, you could literally fill that entire elevator <laughs> yeah. in about two afternoons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, just yeah, that ain't no cracks kidding. me up that that was an elevator back in the day. Yeah. But it didn't come in as fast and you know, right. They had a few trucks and they'd get it hauled out and, you know, harvest was, a three-month deal, not a one-month deal. And yep. Yeah, it is It is crazy how times have changed on that. Like I said, they always stayed open late back then. Oh, yeah. Know? Always. Always. Yeah. Not so much anymore. No, that's for sure. They, they uh, have changed in that regard. In fact, most elevators that we go to now, I mean, the hours are posted that morning, closing at 6 p.m. Yeah. I think the latest are 7 yeah. On any of them that we go to. Yeah. Nobody. That's why we always save our bins. Like, we'll just dump in those after the elevator closes and go on. Yeah. If you want to get anything done. Yeah. But, man, there was a few of them that was built around here that it's just like, what in the hell was anybody thinking yeah. when they built this? I mean, we're just... green at a 45-degree angle with no pit. Yeah. Or the ones that had the above ground, you literally had to drive up a in foot incline the new one they just built you gotta drive up into it are you serious absolutely yep like it's 1904 yep 
I mean, let's just put the truck hoist back in and just start bringing yeah. her in by the pickup yeah. load. I mean, yeah. Oh, well, they can keep up with that. Yeah. It boggles my feeble little brain, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, everything's getting faster, but but uh, some things aren't, I guess. You know, you, you get to thinking bushel per hour wise on what farmers can do now versus what they could do when we were kids. It's astronomical. Oh, yeah. I mean, from a combine standpoint. Yeah. You know, we don't even cut a fat hog in the ass on that. Like, I'm not looking for, you know, rock stars and unicorns. Like, yeah. I just need a nice, steady go at it but well shit when i was a kid a 12 row cornhead was absolutely unheard of. i mean mm-hmm. nobody and I, I don't care how much you farm back then even if you farm three thousand acres in the 80s yeah. you didn't have a 12 row cornhead i mean no that, nobody that was there. unheard of and now it's like i'm the only one who don't have one now. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's for certain yeah yeah it's amazing that it comes in as fast as it does i mean it it don't take long at all yeah. No, it does not. But uh, if you stop and think about that, I think about that a lot of times going through the field in our combine, you know. Combine holds 450 bushel, eight-row head, about 4.6 mile an hour, unloading on the go. And I just sit there and think, you know, if you went back 30 years, had a 6620 with a six-row, you're going to be, even though the yield is less, you're still going to be running – I don't know, 2.8, 3 mile, you know, whatever yeah. it is, you know, and I mean, just fighting from one end of the field to the other. I mean, and you know, them things. Well, just they, look, just look around here. There's a ton of 5,000 bushel bins, right? There's a ton of them around here. You didn't fill that in a day back then. Oh God, no. What do you even think about it? Now that it's a couple hours, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, if you're kind of screwing around. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We, I mean, we picked 10,000 bushel today. No, actually hell, it was more than that. Well, no, he's probably right at 10 today. We got started good about noon because I had some trouble or some technical difficulties on a scale. And we were done, had the combine in the shed by 3.30. Yeah. So. Yep. You know, and that would have been, what, damn near a week's worth of work when oh, we were shit. kids? I mean, yeah, I imagine. It would have been, yeah. With a 306-cylinder and a 250-bushel easy trail. Hauling to town, that'd have been a week's worth of work. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, a, let's just take a 1460 International Combine. What'd that hold? 200 bushel full? I mean, You're being generous, but yeah. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I mean, that son of a bitch wouldn't go anywhere today. I well, mean. I mean, let's just say you're unloading on the go all the time, which they weren't back then. But, I mean, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're not filling a bin that fast, like. Thousand bushel an hour would have been cutting a fat hog in the ass oh, yeah. back then. Yep. You know, like I said, Lexian will do six, like on its day off. Yeah, exactly. You know, pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah, I mean everybody run a fifteen foot grain table. Yeah. Back then, you yeah. know, a few guys had twenties, twenty fives. You was real big. Well, you were those asshole that couldn't get around. Yeah, you know? that's that, right. That dipshit's taking his head off yeah. all the time. <laughs> And once yeah. again, now if you ain't got a 40-footer, it's like, yeah. you know, you ain't got nothing. Yeah, you're yesterday's <laughs> I, news. I don't know hardly anybody other than a weekend farmer that runs a 25. Not very I mean, many. Everybody's 30 minimum. Most, I'd say yeah. 35 is probably the most popular. Yeah. Probably. And a few around 40s. Here, around here, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, times have changed drastically on that regard. Yes, it has. Planners the same way. Yep. You know. I remember guys in an eight-row planner. It's like, wow, they got an eight-row. We were just talking the other day, you know, around here, you know, and I mean, this was when I was 16 years old. Could you imagine pulling into a square 80 on a 1066 with a six-row planner? I mean. <laughs> It'd be a full day's work. <laughs> well, that's like I told you after that tractor drive. Like, I love that old shit. I have no desire to spend all day on no. that. You want to start a farm program, get rid of all this big shit, and you got to start farming with old shit. There won't be anybody farming 20,000 acres with that shit. <laughs> yeah, like, I guarantee you. You can't find enough guys willing to sit in a sound guard cab. No. As great as it allegedly may be, that's going to farm 20,000 acres no. with a two-wheel drive sound guard. Nope, not going to happen. No. Nope. The suicide rate will go through the roof. <laughs> yeah, you think it's bad now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no trees to hang yourself from anymore because we cut them all down, but... <laughs> They'll be building A-frames on the end of the field. But, yeah. yeah nobody's, uh, nobody wants to do that shit. Yeah, those tractor drives, they're fun, but I'm just like you. If you I told like me. that shit, but I, I'm not yep. sitting on it all day. No. Nope, it's one thing. You go out and sit on it for three, four hours that afternoon, have fun with your buddies, but to know that you're going to go out there for a month yeah, for 10 to 12 hours a day and eat dirt all day long. One of our good friend's moms, she got widowed way too young. But uh, used to tell us more than once. I know you were there for this. Every forty acres was a week. Yep, in the spring, it was a week. Spring plowed it. Yeah. Then you hell, you'd have to disc it down just three beat times. It, just beat it to death. Harrogate it, it back into submission. You know. Well, I mean, hell, if you pull into a square forty back then with a two three bottom plow. Yeah. With one tractor, you're going to be there a while. Yeah, you'll be there. I mean, that's going to be that's going to eat up. Two to three days, easy. Yeah, nobody has to come look for you. They know where you're <laughs> yeah, going to be. Exactly. You're going to be right there. Yeah. Beat, beat it down with a disc. Get a harrogator. Because yep. they didn't really have field cultivators for the most right. part. Beat it down with a harrogator or field cultivator, then harrogate it. You know, you were going to be there for a while. Beating the shit out of it. Yeah. I don't yeah. miss those days. I don't either. Hell, it's like I was telling them guys that day that tractor drive, even like my old 4010, as cool as I personally think that tractor sounds, and that's exactly the way I remember it as a kid. After about an hour in, I was like, God damn, this thing's loud. And it's <laughs> yeah. not loud, but to me, it's like it just something about the, the tone that it has. It hurts your ears. It's like, son of a bitch. Yeah, I'm needs, with you there. Don't want to look like a giant pussy on the tractor drive. I have to put in earplugs, <laughs> but I, yeah. I was about ready to. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Uh, me and a buddy of mine were just talking about that last night. One of our, you and I's mutual friends had a international semi with an 855 in it with a single straight pipe. And you could hear that. So if I started that at my house, you could hear it here like it was just idling in your driveway. Good Lord, was that loud. And that was cool for about five miles. Yeah. Shift it up, jake it down. Nah, I'm good. I don't need I don't need all day in this thing. Like, yeah. I love straight pipes. I dearly do. You give me a set of glass packs to this day, I'll cackle those things all day long. But I am not looking to listen to a loud-ass straight pipe for no. nine hours straight. No, I'm good. Yeah, I don't know why we thought that was so cool back then. I guess we didn't know any better. I suppose. <laughs> and so. same way with the loud trucks and everything. That shit don't do nothing for me anymore. I still like loud stuff, depending on what it is. If I hear one more loud-ass Dodge coming, so like <laughs> with a giant fart can on the end of the pipe, I'm like, yeah. nobody thinks you've got 8-inch exhaust all the way down, but yeah. like you don't need to buy the chrome tip. Like right. it, It's fine. 
Uh, yeah, to me, those sound horrible, too. Yes. The rumble that they got. To yeah. me, the Cummins motor sounded best with just the three-inch yeah, straight bite just back. Just it should be, yeah. Sounded just like a, a 2188 combine. Just had a yeah. nice purr to it and a little bit of a whistle. But, yeah, God, they put these giant pipes. It just sounds like dog shit. Sounds like Bigfoot. Falling yeah. into a very last tra- loud trash can. Exactly. Yeah. Now, and you can always pick the seven three guys out. Like they got a, a unique sound of their own too. It's not as annoying as the Cummins sound, right? But, and I'm a Cummins guy. Well, I'm not a Dodge, but in general, I don't I don't mind Cummins stuff. But yeah, those things annoy the shit out of me. But I, you know, I love a good fourteen sixty six. I love my fourteen sixty eight. Straights on either one of those, that'll wear me down fast these yeah. days. I still like to hear them from a distance, hear right. them once in a while. But Yep, you just drive on by. I'll gladly yeah. listen to it as you there go. There is nothing prettier in the world than a 4586 International four-wheel drive. If you can keep one running long enough to hear it, those sound beautiful. I don't want to run it again, though. I remember when we had one of those. I was coming back to the farm, and I got to the farm, and my brother was standing outside with a cold beer for me. I'm like, damn, that's a pretty good brother there. I'm like, how the hell did you know I was getting close? Like, how long have you been standing out here? He's like, oh, I heard when you left the field. I was five and a half miles from him. He's like, I heard when you, he's like, I could faintly hear you working the field. He's like, I, I could hear you take off. I heard you get to every intersection, slow down, look for cars, kick it back up. He's like, I was just counting the miles. I could hear you every time. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's like, when you got within a mile, I'm like, oh, he's getting pretty close. I went and got yep. your cold beer. I'm like, no, oh, okay, I appreciate it. Yeah. But I don't need to hear that shit anymore. No, no yeah. way. I'm good. Yeah, like you say with the semis too. That's God. Just could you imagine sitting in the semi for eight hours with that damn pipe right by your ear like that? No, no, no. thanks. We did that one. We had an L10 Cummins, and that thing was an egg sucking piece of shit from a power standpoint. But it rode way nicer than the truck we had before, so I put up with it. But for a little bit. But uh, Dad straight piped that for one trip. Yeah, that was no good. So then we put a muffler on. They cut the baffles out of them. We made one trip with that. And then we said, to hell with that. And we put a full, you know, six-foot muffler on or whatever. That was miserable. Like, we got to that pole. We were both horses. shit. We've been trying to talk all the way up there. It was a, one of the farthest poles we went to back in those days. It's like two and a half hours north here, up around Kankakee, Piatone. By the time we got there, we looked like we have been beat to death. Neither one of us could talk. We were horses shit. We couldn't talk the rest of the day. You're just our, ready to go home. Our horses were wore out. I looked at him. He looked at me. and was like, I think we ought to put a muffler on this. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, I think we're done. It's no wonder he can't hear shit. Yeah. Between farm tractors and, and semis and loud cars and trucks back then, shit. And that's what still kills me to this day with a gleaner combine. And this is no shit. I will lay my hand on the Bible and swear to this. Got a neighbor that's got an S-77 or whatever, and we farm right next to each other. And I was picking corn, he was picking corn, and I'm going to guess there was a good 36 rows between us probably, between yep. you know, a few of the ends that I'd picked and a few he and we met each other coming through the field. And our ca- combine cabs are quiet as hell in them deer. I mean, they really are. You can't yep. hear the motor nothing. And I could hear that fucking gleaner clear inside the deer. And he was, you know, clear over that. It's like, what in the fuck? (laughs) Couldn't believe it. Yeah, well, that's how you know they're doing good. Those gleaner guys just judge off the rumble. Yeah, that's right. They can tell by the the rumble in their ass. They know how the corn's doing. It kills me how they are so hung up on... 
like it's the most revolutionary thing ever that we ain't got no turret auger. That's the most efficient way to unload grain. You just <laughs> straight up this fucking. They also want to keep telling you that that's a rotor. That is not a that's, rotor. It's in there sideways. That's a cylinder. It yep. even says cylinder adjust. That is not a rotor. Exactly. We're using the whole rotor. You're not using a rotor at all, yeah. let alone the whole thing. Exactly. Fucking grain has to get a road map when it comes in the feeder house chain to know which way it should exit, stage left. No. I still don't know how they get any grain through the feeder house of them things. Mm. They are literally two feet wide. And four miles long. Yeah. Yeah. It just baffles me. Yeah. But if you get like seven of those feeder house chains and weld them together, hell of a driveway drag. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Super long. Plenty of steel there. Remember when we was looking at Louisville at the farm show, you know, every other combine on the market, like your side adjust sibs and all that, you know, you can do it in the cab or on the side of the machine. Remember, you know, everybody else's is the same side of the combine you get in. It's right down there by the back tire. Not gleaners. Clear on the other side of the Clear combine. On the other side. Take a walk around. Make sure it's not on fire. Uh, yeah, that's right. Head over here. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I just cannot get on board with it. I just, I can't. My dad grew up with gleaners. And then he discovered red combines. He's like, you know, I just thought it was normal to work on a combine until noon, one o'clock every day, and, and then start harvesting. He's like, turns out if you buy a real combine, like you can start in the morning. Yep. They'd never farmed in the morning. And the funny part is, is it is because when we were kids or even prior to that, there was a lot of gleaner combines in this yeah, area. There really was. And every single guy has that same story. Mm-hmm. And it don't matter if they went from the gleaner to a deer or a redman or a new or whatever. Yeah. Every single one of them says, I worked on that piece of shit from the time I got it to the time I got rid of it. You were an expert at changing bearings. I changed yep. this bearing today. I'm going to change it tomorrow. I'm going to change it the day after and the day after that. Like, yep. you know, you talk to anybody like I got a buddy of mine. He's a few years older than us. But he's like, you know, by the time I was 15, he's like, hell, I could change any bearing on that combine record time. He's like, hell, you got a lot of practice. He's like, that was my job. I rode with grandpa and I changed the bearings. Yeah. That's what I did. I changed bearings all day long. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and them guys still talk about that to this day on the new ones. All them bearings interchange from one into the other combine. It's like, well, yeah, no shit because yeah. they're, they're all too small. And yeah. Yeah. Those are the same guys that like change roller, rolling basket bearings on a con skill. Oh, for sure. Yep. <laughs> yep. And nothing like going from a 30 foot auger head to a 25 foot draper. Yeah. Just, well, that pulls so hard. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. World's the largest collection of bevel gears. But well, there's no reason to make fun of the same five guys that are buying those. Still, that's Tony. true. We, we got to lay off. We got to move on. We can't keep kicking them, you poor bastards. Yeah. <laughs> but just do yourself a favor. Drive across town. Maybe look at something else. Just, just take a peek. Think about it. Yep. You'll never ever tell them any different. No. no. Ever. No. No. Probably not. No. Not. In their defense, their other option was a Massey. That's, nobody, nobody wants that. That's so. one combine. I have not been in the cab of a Massey since an 860 is probably the last Massey cab that I've stepped foot in. We can't get in one now. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Idea is so good they had to get rid of it. So. <laughs> yeah. Problem solved. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, the combine I would like to run, I would like to run a fence. I would too. Just for a day. Just to just to see, I do know, um, and I don't know. Do you ever watch Mike Mitchell on YouTube? Yeah, here and there. So you know they yeah. traded all their fence for deer, and uh, he made the comment, and, and he wasn't necessarily knocking fence, but he said they're just not built heavy enough. And 
he couldn't believe this year when they went to the field. And and he wasn't plugging for deer. He was just yeah. saying that he couldn't believe how much faster harvest went because he said, I think from the day we started harvest to the day we ended, every combine was in the field at all times. He said, them fence, it was a given. You always had one of them broke down. Always. Really? And he, he was just pointing out different stuff that he didn't think was made heavy enough. You know, the design's good, and he thinks the potential's there. Yeah. But you just got to refine it. Yeah, you just got to build on what you got, you know. Yeah, I but, can see that. So, I, I don't know. it. The other thing I've never ran in the field is a cloth. I'd like to, I have I'd a, like to spend a day in Actually, this. no. Uh, when I used to work for another farm around here, we demoed a, I think that was a 575. And that was back in, shit, 2000 and three or whatever that was yeah and uh which that wasn't the biggest i think they made a like a 575 85 and 95 i th- i think is i think it was a class seven if i remember i right. can't argue with you i don't know and uh we run a 40 foot auger head on it i mean it was a bean eating son of a bitch but but other than that i can't you know the funny part about you were talking about the twin rotor thing earlier i i don't know the sales numbers so I'm speaking a little bit out of turn, but I think Kloss has a model now that is a single rotor that I'm going to tell you is quite possibly their most popular model. Really? Yeah. So they've kind of went the other way. I wonder why. So a lot of those. You don't need two rotors. One's good. Yeah. One done right's fine. Makes sense. Twice as much shit I don't really need, but whatever. I'm not a New Holland guy. <laughs> i'm not looking for belts i'll just take my uh when, axial flow do you think they'll ever dump the new holland combine i mean now that that's all kind of one blanket i mean man they can't sell very many i mean or i guess speaking from our area our area is not new holland strong at all um, not new holland strong by any stretch i mean that, i only that, know of on, one honestly that is probably well I would say in our immediate area, New Holland is stronger than Fenterclaws. In our yeah. uh, and by immediate area, I'm talking five mile circle from your house. Yeah, right. But after that, it would probably go Claws, Fent. I would say probably there are not very many New Hollands around here. No. If you get 20 miles from here, New Holland would for sure be the least popular. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, for sure. Because you would grab more Kloss guys. Yeah. A couple of Fent guys. Yep. Um, I mean, our, our immediate area would probably go green, red, probably greener. Yeah, probably greener. I mean, I can name. Our, if we're talking a five-mile circle. Yeah, we're talking the community we live in. Yeah, know. if we're talking our school district. Yeah. It would be green, red. Yeah. Yeah, because I can gray. name probably five or six, you know, newer yeah. not I'm not talking old L2s and shit. I'm talking, you know, newer gleaner combines. We're talking sideways cylinder machines. Yeah, R62s and up yeah. or 42s, whatever. There's not a lot of S-series stuff, but, but uh, yeah, it would probably be green, red, silver. Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah, I'd say. I would say. Then probably yellow if we're talking our, our school district. If we're using that as our... Mind. And there was actually even more New Hollands when there we were, were There kids. was a lot of New Hollands when we were kids. Yeah. In fact, were how you, how you guys we had, had one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not proud of it. But it was better than our 715. 
I mean, but our 715 was gas and, you know, mechanical drive. So, <laughs> and completely wore out when we got rid of it. So, the new Holland was a step up, but the 1460 was light years in front of <laughs> yeah. the new Holland. But, hey, whatever. Teach their own. Yeah. But uh, I would like to run a Alexion for a while. Yeah, it's just been too long. I mean, it's it's been pushing 20 years since I've been in one, and God only knows what they've changed since. And, and back then, we was comparing that. We run it side-by-side side on a probably a 97.50 or 60 deer, whatever would have been a year yeah. or two old at the time, probably a 97.60 by then. And it would run circles around that thing cutting beans now. Yeah. I didn't run it in corn. I think it's even more of an animal in corn. That's um, what I've heard, yeah. I have several customers, several friends that run Colossus slash Lexions, whatever we're calling them today. I don't know many that would go back. Really? Yeah. Occasionally you'll get one that that goes green if they go anything because they're green on the rest of their farm. Right. So it usually comes up to some multi-unit deal. Like, we want to trade four-wheel drives. We want to trade eight R's. We want to trade planters. Well, she had damn near free to trade combines, allegedly. So we're going to go ahead and swap this off. And Usually those guys bounce, though. If you watch it long enough, they'll, they'll Lexion for a while. They'll deer for a while. They miss their Lexion. They'll go back. They'll bounce on that. They'll, yep. They'll always be green tractors, but they'll bounce on combines depending on the deal because let's face it there's bounties on that shit like, oh for sure it's like direct tv and and you know what the hell's the other one uh dish dish network they always give you a better deal if you're on the other side of the fence you know so they'll they'll bounce back and forth but i think the cost is a pretty good machine and i think they're 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 making a pretty good stronghold and push here honestly they're probably biggest detriment was brand marketing in my opinion probably yeah what what i don't even know how to word this there's a lot of confusion based on the color of their machine the cat logo for a while there's there i've i've taken at least two pretty good ass chewings which literally had absolutely nothing to do with me from guys with Lexions that were super pissed they couldn't buy parts at their Massey dealer for their Lexion combine. And I had to politely explain to both of them, like, you do realize that that's not the same company, right? Well, yeah, but but they're this and they're that. I'm like, I can't go to the Chevy dealer and buy parts for my Ford. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad about that. Like, I knew that going into it. But, like, there was a little cross-pollination there. Like, they didn't catch on. They didn't get it. Like, I, I don't understand why they were that naive about it. Like, you're not, you're not mad that you can't go to your red dealer and buy parts for your John Deere combine. Yeah, exactly. You know? And coincidentally, you can buy, like, chain links and that type of stuff. If these guys were, like, super mad that they couldn't buy hard, big parts for them. And I assume we're getting past that now. And I honestly think it was a good move on Colossus part to go green, to, to change the color, get away from the cat yellow, Let's let's just ditch that all together. Let's let's eliminate the confusion. Let's kill the challenger brand. Let's let's go let's go with what we are. Yeah. And let the chips fall where they may. Yep. Yeah, because back in the day, I mean, cat never had a friggin' thing to do with that combine, did they? Other than a name on the side, well, maybe a cat had, motor in it or something. They used cat dealer network 
Yeah, I think they had cat engines in them for yeah, a while. Yeah, but as far as that, I mean, they didn't design it. They didn't. Yeah. I mean, that was a Lexion. To, uh, yeah, it was the, a Gloss. Yeah, Gloss. And, yeah. and, of course, you get that. That screws it up, too, you know, because you had cat challenger tractors, mm-hmm. and then you had challenger combines, and then you had this Gloss Lexion. Then it gets tied into Massey. Next thing you know, you got a yellow gleaner. you got a yellow Massey, like. Yeah, and you we don't, don't know what the hell we're doing. Yeah, no, nobody knows yeah. what to call it. You know, is it a Klaus? Yeah. Is it a Lexion? You know, what do we got here? We tried to make Challenger a brand, even though the you and me of the world, uh, we associated Challenger as a two-track tractor that was this. And had cat written on the side. Cat Challenger, that's what it everybody was a cat Challenger. Yeah. So you throw a combine out there that's a yellow Massey and put Challenger on the side of it. You know what it is. I know what it is. But the average Joe blows like, the hell... Uh, I don't understand what what this is, and it's hard to brand management. And I'll I'll go to my grave seeing this. Deer is a master of brand management. Oh, for sure, to the tenth power. Like if like it's Nike, even though they screwed the pooch with the Kaepernick deal. But it's like there's there's a few brands that are just what they are. You know, it Coke, sells itself. You know, Coke, what I mean? Nike. Yeah. Deer, like, like they've got brand management down to a to a T. I mean, I know guys that literally, I think, would slit their firstborn son's throat over admitting that John Deere had faults. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm not even being mean about it. Like, I honestly believe, like, I know people that would that you could make a comment about their wife, and they would take it in stride. But if you'd said something negative about John Deere, like they'll They'll double their fist. They're ready to go. Like they're they're going to throw you down in the dirt. They're ready to knock down, drag it out over Mother Jim. Like you do realize that, like you're paying them. They're not paying you, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, like I admire their brand loyalty. Like Peterbilt, I'll throw them in there. Like they have great brand loyalty. They have great brand management. I'm not a Peterbilt guy. Like when it comes to cool shit, that's that's like uber popular. When it comes to brands, like I'm a snap on guy. To the tenth power, I appreciate other stuff. I, I love my Cornwall stuff. I've got some Matco stuff. I got a little bit of Mac stuff. Like I, I, I like all that, but I'm a snap-on guy at the end of the day on some of that. But like, not to the point that I'm ready to knock you out if you tell me your Craftsman Ratchet suits your needs. I don't yeah. give a shit. I'm, we're not fighting over it, right? But there's guys that literally you said, "Hey, I'm going to whip your wife's ass right now in front of a crowd," or you admit John Deere has a fault on whatever piece this is. Go ahead and hit her. Well, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, those guys are, like, diehard about that. I, I, that I'm a little bit like. And, and Gleaner even has the same following, but it was just never but, popular. But it's only those five guys. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's those five guys, and you're not worried about taking an ass kicking right. from them because they're spread far and wide. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't fully understand, like, how it got to the point that we're literally willing to take a bullet for a guy whose own family didn't like him, a.k.a. John yeah. Deere. But they'll they're that's where they're at. Like they're they are die hard. They're and and I'm not trying to stir shit here or whatever, get all wound up and send me a bunch of nasty gram comments, but you guys know who you are and you and you know it's true. Like I'm a diehard red guy. But a buddy of mine was just giving me a hard time about this. He's like, you know, for a diehard red guy, you talk a lot of shit on red equipment. I'm like, I can admit their faults. Like, yeah, it suits my needs. I'm a diehard red guy, but I can make fun of the shit that they've messed up. It doesn't bother me. But like yeah, dear, you you don't you, dare. you don't dare do that. No. But that's like 
you know, that's... It, and it's yeah. sort of, and this is going to sound real shitty, and I don't mean it this way, but, you know, Rush Limbaugh always said you can pick out a Democrat because they answer a question with, with a question. question. Yeah. And Deer's the same way. If you say, well, Deer copied, you know, yeah. such and such here, then they're going to come right back, back yeah. with an insult of whatever else or yeah. or they'll, they'll completely overlook that they copied that. Well, they was the first one to have a rotary combine clear back in the 50s. Or what, you know what I mean? Even though they never released it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's something totally irrelevant. They can't just hang their head and say, well, yeah, I mean. Yeah, you're right. But but we did know, this. No, they, they never yeah. go at it from you know, that the, avenue. The quad track, okay? Nobody had a quad track in the 50s. Yeah. The day the patent came off the IH quad track, John Deere fucking built one. Well, it's a four track. Tony. Well, totally different. Okay, yeah. okay, four yeah. instead of quad. Okay, yeah. Totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I honestly think, this is terrible to say, but I honestly think if you if you line farmers up in a line and said, hey, when you get to the front of the line, you have to make two choices. You can meet one of two people, but only one. Jesus is on the right. John Deere is on the left. Like, I think you're splitting them 50-50. Oh, I think so. I think I, part of them, like, shit, I went to church yesterday. Yeah, I'm good. I yeah. want to talk to John Deere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to know about more about this plow that he didn't really invent. Yeah. Well, I, I want to talk to him. Yeah. I'm like, and that's, I mean, hats off to them for their great brand management because they have done a phenomenal job. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm jealous. Like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, they have done a great job. It, it is easy to be a John Deere guy. It is. It's easy. It's cool. It's fun. You can buy a hat at the mall. You can you could walk into Times Square right now and say the word John Deere. And somebody and knows what they're, you're talking they're about. They're going to, but if you could say 1466 International, whatever, and they ain't going to have a fucking clue yeah, with You that. could say Case IH and be like, never yeah. heard of it. Yep. But there's some ass bag in Central Park mowing with a John Deere lawnmower probably. Yep. For sure. You know. Yeah, yeah for, they've knocked it out of the park on that. I yeah. mean, it, they, they've they're got, great at it. My hat's off to them for it. I love them for it from that standpoint. I love the fact that they're, you know, one of the last American companies we've still got. And I'm not talking agriculture. I'm talking yeah. everything we've got. Like, I'll bet we're, you a hundred bucks. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. A hundred bucks says you and I could get in the truck right now and drive to our local Walmart, and we could find something in that store that says John Deere, yes. and you will find nothing that says New Holland or yeah. Case IH on it. I don't care if it's a baby bib. You're damn sure not finding anything that says Gleaner. No. The toy aisle, anywhere. But you will mm-hmm. find something in that store. It might be a calendar. It might be something, but you will find You'll something. You'll find something that says John Deere. That, that's a fact. And hats off to him for that. I will give them 100% kudos for that. Their brand management is spot-on perfection. Like, they've done a great job with it. Yep. And at the end of the day, that probably means more than the product. I, oh, I think it does. At I the mean, end of the day, it pays off. I mean... It, it pays off in product sales. Yeah. Your, your product doesn't necessarily... And I'm not, I'm not pop-shotting them for their product not necessarily being the best. In, in some avenues, like they've got some features to set into their I'm not taking a shot at him on that. But if you manage your brand correctly, product's somewhat inconsequential. Right. I agree. Because you, once people get so loyal and so... Look at a Harley Davidson. Yeah. You got your Harley guys. And I Those mean, guys wouldn't ride a Honda. If you drop the son of a bitch off full of fuel... Yep. Ready to go and said, hey, I'll give you a million-mile warranty on this Honda. They wouldn't ride it from my nope. house and to your house. And they might have to work on their Harley three times they in would, the next 20 they miles. They would push their Harley yep. from your house to my house before they would ride that Honda. Yep, but it's the same thing. And, 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 and that's probably the only company that rivals Deere in brand loyalty. Yeah, 
Have you ever walked into a bar, seen a big old guy with long hair and tattoos with a Honda shirt on? No. No. <laughs> no What's he got on? That's a fact. He's got a Harley shirt on. Yeah, exactly. From some, some place. Yep. I mean, it, it is a cult following on them just buying Harley shirts it is. from every town yep. they go to. Yep. Do you know anybody? And I, I will challenge you on this. Do you know anybody with a Honda shirt that has a destination on it? A town. Right, exactly. I know a few people that have Honda shirts, and they just say Honda. Yeah. You know. And that might have been whatever. from a four-wheeler. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't have the town. No. You're, you're not driving from town to town to a Harley dealer, right. Honda dealership. You know why? Because you can drive past the summit just because they're still running. Exactly. You don't have to stop in every town. Exactly. But every time you're on a Harley, you, you're going to stop in every yep. town. To, and while you're there, you might as well buy a shirt. Yep. But yeah. I mean, has any of your buddies ever called you and been like, "Man, did you see the fight at the bar last night? We's up there, a bunch of Honda guys come in and kick the shit out." No, no, no. there was two Suzuki guys. Yeah. Shit got out of hand. No, you, you never hear no. that. It's like, well, they weren't mad because their shit just running, so exactly. they just drove off. Yeah, yeah. Now you're exactly right. If there's one brand that could rival Deer, it would be Harley. Like I, oh yeah, Chevy guys, Ford guys, Dodge it guys. Like they can bounce around a little bit, and depending on the engine combination, like they can kind of intermingle. Like yeah. you, you had a Dodge, you had a Duramax. You know, those guys can kind of cross pollinate here and there. If you're a Harley guy, you're a Harley yep. guy forever. You know, that forever. Yeah, like it's like you, the drug cartel. Yeah, once you're once in, once you're in, there ain't no getting out. You know, <laughs> you're you're pushing that some bitch wherever you got to push it. Yep. You know, and and dear guys are. They're trying to get there. They're real close. Honestly, if Deer would release a leather cut of some fashion, yeah. they could probably overtake. Them. I mean, they, they, we need to if get. If they start putting locations on them, it should say. It should. John Deere, Shelbyville, Illinois. Yeah. Like they, they're missing their calling. That's there. right. So you Deer guys, if you're out there, you start getting your locations on that. You can triple your t-shirt sales. Yep. All you guys got to do is start putting locations on there. Guys will drive around on Saturdays and buy your damn T-shirts with a different location on it. I think we just made John Deere a million dollars, and I'm a little pissed off. I helped their bottom line. Yep. And now if we can just get Harley to drop some sort of a John Deere motor <laughs> into a bike. Oh, my God. I mean, you have got it cornered. Those guys will never get out of the driveway. No. They'll be so hard they can't ride. Yep. Excuse me, ma'am. I, I yep. can't leave today. Yep. <laughs> I'm just going to be here by myself, just revving yep. it up and idling it down. Yeah. I've always said for years, if you put a John Deere engine, as shitty as they may be, in a pickup truck. Oh, my God. If Chevrolet would come out with a pickup truck tomorrow that had a John Deere shitbag engine in it of any fashion, you'd sell out in 15 minutes. And it wouldn't matter if you've been a diehard Ford no, guy your whole life. Because no. you love John Deere, you're buying one. You'd have one. Pioneer sticker already in the back window. Exactly. John Deere motor in the front. Chevrolet truck. A three-time loser. Those oh guys are lined up to push those things home. Yep. <laughs> Every truck pull for miles. Them things would be lined up to pull because everybody wants to pull their new Durham or new Chevy truck with the John Deere yeah. motor. I mean, it just. I can't believe Bex doesn't have this in the rewards program. I can't either. They ought to get on this. Somebody call the Farm Bureau yep. and get this happening. And we need to do it like the old 30 and 40 series deer. When you turn the key and it starts you, it automatically it goes to 10 down. throttle, <laughs> brings it back down. <laughs> Woompa. There we go. Cold start. We can do cold starts on TikTok. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. We only need a, a handful of them. Yeah. We can make a million videos out of this. In yeah. fact, you know what? You're a mechanic. This winter, we should do that. Let's just get an old Chevy truck. Let's drop a John so, Deere motor in it. You want to know the funny part about this? I have a buddy that has collected Suburbans and is repowering all of them with John Deere's. No kidding. He's got several with John Deere's. Really? Yes. Wow. So he's got 466 John Deere's yep. out of like a 4440 or whatever yep. in a Suburban. 
No kidding. Boom. Fire them up, drive them off. Could you imagine? Could you imagine setting a oh. stoplight with a straight pipe on a John Deere 466? I got to figure it's a traffic hazard for the panties falling off. Exactly. Like, it, it, it can't be safe. <laughs> you drive that to a Harley convention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Handlebar, no steering wheel. You've got handlebars in there. Oh, shit. <laughs> There's a local guy here got a Ford truck with an IH motor in. Yes, oh, Alan Barnes. Yes. Used yep. to pull it. I don't know if he still got it or not. But yeah, we got another local guy here has got a uh Ford truck with a 360 international in it. Really? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but they're not panty dropping like a Harley guy would have with a John Deere. I oh mean, my god. Get, if you could get that trifecta. Wow. It would you, be unbelievable. You, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, I can't even yeah, that would be over the top. Yeah. Absolutely over the top. Yep. They've got the market cornered. And yeah. you don't even know brand it. management at the, and at the digital age we're in now brand management is probably more important than the product oh i think so i mean it, it honestly is probably more important than the product like look at some of your clothing companies whether it be jeans or hats or t-shirts or whatever like if they brand manage it well their hat doesn't have to be any better than anybody else's yeah. just has to be cool T-shirts, jeans, same way. Like all that shit plays in there. If it's cool, you're good. You and just even, have to find a way to make it cool. You even see a little bit of that with Tesla on yeah. their cars. They almost make it prestigious to have one. Yeah. You know, even though you and I know it's a giant pile of shit, yeah, you could yeah. give me one. Yeah, I don't need one, but yeah. But to the city people, this is prestigious. Look yes. at me. Yes. I'm over the top. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that could be your next big yeah. mover. You know what I mean? Eventually. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, what do you think? Hour well, fifteen into this, we better cut yeah, this dude we better, off. We better cut this off. We've uh, we. You guys go to your Harley dealer and get your new John Deere powered Chevrolet to push your Harley home with, and you'll be good to go. Yep, so. I need to hit the Prairie State Tractor guy up on TikTok. We got to start getting John Deere shirts with the location. With the on location, it. I, I, I'm a little, I'm a little bit upset that we've made them money on this deal. Yeah. You know they're going to come out with these in a couple of weeks. Actually, we we, we could beat them to it. I could call my shirt guy tomorrow, and I mean. <laughs> Deer will see you for the logo. And then, actually, yeah, we can actually sell them to the deer dealers. And then there you we'll go. Throw it out on TikTok. You know, hey, he's going to be the first guy to get all the shirts there from all go. the locations. I am a little torqued. You know, used to the ads had all the dealer locations on them, but they right. don't do that anymore. No, they don't. So now it's like a scavenger hunt. You know, you yeah. got to find them. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and we'll just keep leading them. Your first guy to get them all gets a million dollars. But we'll just keep but leading you're never, them. Yeah, you're never going to get them all. Uh, you missed a dealer yeah. somewhere. Too, not going to yeah, tell you bad. where. Too bad. They got sold out. You're, you missed out. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next time.